I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, August 6, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff on the docket today. We need to get right into the action. I have a full page of notes and I really do want to cover everything. It's uber important. So let's start out with the daily chart where we are. We're above the gap. The infamous gap was at 333.48. They reached the target. The gap was always the target. We talked about the creeping market and we talked about beware of a creeping market. So the market was creeping. It creeped into the gap and now it creeped over the gap and closed above the gap. That's not uncommon. It's not a surprise. It's a creeping market. And what we said yesterday was, did the market do all this, all this kind of activity over the last couple of weeks, did it do all that just to stop at the gap and turn around and go back in the other direction? And the prevailing thing is, if the market came from afar and hit the gap in one fell swoop over like two or three days from 10, 12, 15 S&P handles away, something like that. That's a totally different situation than a creeping market into the gap. That's why it wasn't necessarily a short trade on the board at the gap. What we said was we look for signs and signal of a trend change. We're in the zone where from a time perspective, we can expect the market to find some kind of a top and make a turn. However, We don't know where that top is going to come in and we don't know precisely when it's going to come in. So how do we handle that? And what we've been saying all along is, and this is right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. We wait for signs and signal of a trend change. They first begin from an intraday perspective and then they morph into longer term charts. They start somewhere and they end up in another place. You have to wait for these things to materialize Otherwise, what happens? Otherwise, you get a conveyor belt of pies in the face. Now, let's try an exercise. Raise your hand if you tried to short the gap today. Now, I know a lot of you who did try and short the gap still didn't raise your hand, but nevertheless, the ones that did, I understand the trade. I understand why you try it because you don't want to be in a situation where If I'm wrong and I don't necessarily think the gap is a great short, and this goes to Inside the Numbers members because Inside the Numbers members were privy to they can go higher than the gap, quote unquote. We'll take a look at that later. You'll see. But even at that, I still am aware it's an awareness, not my first rodeo. I'm aware that a lot of traders still nevertheless tried to short the gap. I understand it. All in all, it was probably worth a shot as long as you understand and we're willing to assume the risk. Okay, so they close above the gap. And by the way, the first hour they reached the gap, they closed above the gap. That's another tell in and of itself. While we're on the hourly chart, we know this routine. We've looked at this before. We look at this all the time. You have a flagpole on the way up. You had another one back here. And the market was stair-stepping its way higher in a bull flaggish kind of formation. So do we have another one on the docket? Is the market going to peter out? Is it going to have another short squeeze to the upside? We talked about that yesterday as well. Remember what we said, if they start pushing above the gap, 
you're going to get a lot of traders that go short at the gap. They're expecting the market to turn around. Lo and behold, the market starts pushing higher. They have to cover buying begets buying, panic buying, all that stuff, and it pushes the market higher. Well, guess what? What do we have on the docket Friday morning? The phony jobs number. What a perfect excuse to either send the market a lot higher or pull the rug out and drop it through the trap door. We don't know which, if any of those two things are going to happen following the phony jobs number, but we know, and this is another awareness, it's the perfect excuse. So it comes out at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and therefore we do what? Nothing. We're watching. We can trade a reaction as a result of the phony jobs number. We can trade based on how the market reacts and how it's trading during that day, but there's nothing you can do before the phony jobs number in anticipation that they're going to either jam the market higher or drop them through the floor. It's nothing other than a coin flip at that point. Can they jam it higher? Yeah, we just talked about a short squeeze. I moved the chart over. Here's the old high. The old high comes in at 339.08. Is the gap magic? It's not magic, but under normal garden variety conditions, you get a reaction at a gap. But if the destination is somewhere else and the trend is so powerful that they're really just headed to the destination come hell or high water, can the destination be new highs? It can. Can the destination be the old high or right around the old high? It can. Can they fail at the old high? They can. Everything is on the table. Anybody that tells you they know exactly what's going to happen next in this circumstance or many others for that matter, they're full of bunk. Here's what does happen. So here's another awareness. I'm a trader that says the market is going to trade up to 335.50 and then turn around and head back in the other direction. Let's just say that's the case. That's a hypothetical. I'm not saying that. So in this hypothetical, if that happens, I can come over the top for days and weeks or months even and say, look, this is what I did. Now follow me and see this, buy this, do all that. And by the way, it works. But if I'm wrong and the market goes to a completely different number, everybody forgets about it. I just don't bring it up again. So when you see traders marketing a specific trade saying, look what I can do, come buy my stuff, just be aware that you have to look at the whole picture, not just a point in time. That being said, and there's always a method to the madness. There's a reason why I told you that. Because I'm in the other camp. I am absolutely, as far as I can be, full transparency every night with what's inside the numbers and obviously as much as I'm willing to tell you about what I'm thinking about the market in these videos every day. I'm trying to give you as much as I can without giving away the entire store. That being said, we're over inside the numbers and the reason why I brought all that stuff is it was a tough day for stocks on the move, no doubt about it. But in the spirit of looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're going to do it whether certain traders were in certain trades or not, or just watching. The point is this. This is a real trader's life. These were real losses today from me, or maybe I should say for me, but there will be lessons learned, and it's part of the business. It just is what it is, but we're going to talk through all the stuff 
and I'm going to answer some questions that I know certain traders have. First, we'll start with the commentary. Overnight, the futures were up, they were down, so there was no telling which way they were really going to go right out of the chute. But that being the case, and that is really always the case, we come with numbers. We know about the big fat round number, ES3300, SPY330. Sounds like a broken record, but they're important. And as long as the market's above those numbers, she's in pretty good shape. A test, a slight dip below. As long as they remain closing hourly and daily above the big fat round numbers, she's in good shape. Moving right along. Early on, we have the spots. We have just below the big fat round number represented a former breakout area. And then, as you'll see as the notes go on, and what I urge you to do is read the notes, go back to the chart, double check the work. 332 was the bogey. 332 was the pivot. 332 was the important number. 332 was it. Routine, vertical, right of it. 332 is this line down here, and you can see the market is rotating around 332 once it gets above convincingly she runs a little bit but guess what happened look at this so the first hour of the day closes above 332.46 then trick trap fool and frustrate crew come out and they drop the market below the next hour 12:30 closes at 332.07 any accidents or coincidences out there i think not from that point forward she did nothing but go higher so what you'll see is, as the notes go on, 332 is required for the bulls. This is early on. We've got it pegged early. It didn't really change from yesterday. After all, they were in a bullish, flaggish formation. The duck is the breakout, moving right along. Still, 1040, 332 is our pivot. It's a broken record, but it is what it is. The market dipped lower. 331.18 is a line in the sand below and the door is ajar for the gap at 330.03 which is the big fat round number. Short term candle closes below 331.18 and they head toward the gap. Different chart, same routine, today's activity right of the vertical. 331.18 is that number. They never closed below it. They looked below it. The low is 331.13 turn right around went back in the other direction. That is running a test. That's why you have to wait. You have to wait for candles to close below the number. You sell the break by a penny or two, and you get a pie in the face. Moving right along. 332, here's a chart. We know this one. Now, this is where they started to dip. They started to create a bearish flaggish thing after a breakdown candle. So we know that that could certainly point things toward the gap, but we also know a couple of things. Where does it turn back in the other direction? 332. And you'll see the 332 number is really in between the two gaps. So the market's going to make a decision. Is it going to go for one or the other? That's the pivot. Above is bullish, below is not. And that was basically the theme all day long. Now, once they're above it, you have some other resistance points along the way. But bullish was bullish, and we knew that the target or the prize was going to be the gap at 333.48. And once they got above the gap, that was really it. As long as nothing crazy happened, they were just going to float them out into the end of the day, which is pretty much what happened anyway. Stocks on the move. So here's the list. We're going to take a look at each and every one of them that hit their entry targets. X-Ray, Roku, Sono, TWOU, WDC. Wix was a different kind of debacle in and of itself. 
I took the real number off the board as it came close to the opening bell. I thought it was going to dip to another number. Didn't want to trade that number. It was too close to the opening bell. It's too high price of a stock. They have a spread. It wasn't something I, meaning me, was willing to take the trade at the prior number based on the pre-market activity. If I'm not willing to take the trade, it comes off the board. It was basically putting a cherry on top of the perfect day for stocks on the move, at least for this trader. CWH is the last one we'll look at. Maybe not the last, maybe we'll do it first. CWH, what are all those lines? Let me explain. It's a little bit different than we're normally going over, but I want to do this because I know some traders had a difficult time with this trade today, yours truly included. The number on the board was 38.85. The 38.20 number was the stop that's on the board. Now we run on hourly stops. Causes a problem sometimes for some traders. I get that. But what I also know, and what is necessarily hard to wrap your head around until you prove it to yourself, is that the hourly close, waiting for the hourly close, works in your advantage more than it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it on the day it doesn't, but it does. I have the numbers. In fact, you have the numbers because each and every trade is posted here in these videos and we see it all the time. So what do these represent? The vertical represents 10.30 a.m. So 10.30, the closing price is 36.50 against an hourly close of 38.20. That was the problem. Look what happened. This is the issue. The market, or CWH, tried to rally back. It came right to the number, right to the stop. Look at the high, 38.19. Does anybody think that in and of itself is an accident or a coincidence? A bad trade doesn't change the fact that the numbers are still right. It was not right today in terms of the trade, but the numbers are the numbers. There was a different destination in mind today for Camping World. So I had the destination wrong, but the numbers, I'm telling you, are still important. Case in point. Now, I don't know whether this is or isn't the case, but this is what happened. I saw it happen, and it looked kind of sneaky when it happened. So the market came down at 9.45 right to the number. 38.85. In fact, it was at 38.89 low. We're looking for 38.85. As soon as that candle closed and the next candle opened at 9.46, the market dropped. CWH dropped more than a bread box. This was the problem. Here is the 9.50 candle. What time does it open? 9.46. So instead of trading to the number and bouncing away, they traded to the number, they stopped, the next candle opened, and they fell through the floor. That was the problem. That was the ultimate problem, period. It was the wrong number. But it looked like they were going to recover. Look what time this is, 9.55. I'm thinking we're going to be okay as long as they're inside of the stop by the hourly close, no problem. The hourly closing price wasn't that far below the entry price to begin with. But then you see what happened. It traded away and so much for losing small and fast. Guess what? Sometimes this happens. Once in a while, we see this, and each and every time it happens, I say, it doesn't happen that much, but it does happen, and it's going to happen again, whether it's as a result of one of my trades, one of your own trades, or Joe Schmo's trades, it's going to happen again. There are times, for whatever the reason is, you're just caught in a trade. The power goes out. The internet goes out. You made an error in entry. Anything goes 
It's going to happen from time to time. CWH, result, shitburger. By the way, here's a side note. I have to circle back to this because I should have done this last week. There was another shitburger on Shake Shack, and I should have made a big deal out of the case of that was the real shitburger. Will the real shitburger please step forward? It was Shake Shack is the real shitburger. These are imposters. X-ray, so 4313 was the number, and you can see here, it just didn't do anything for the most part other than this spike up to 4395. Now, traders should have taken profit when that spike occurred, notwithstanding the fact that it ate time off the clock all day long. When you think about it, if the philosophy is at 1%, you take something off the table and then you don't let the rest go negative on you, then it becomes a positive trade bar none. Net-net, it's not the type of thing we're looking for, but it still gave you the deal. Takeaway, 43.13 or something in and around there was in fact the number. Roku, so Roku 154.79, that worked until it didn't, but it worked enough where traders should have taken profit. That from entry to the high here early in the day represents about $2.75 or $0.85, something like that. $1.50 and change is your 1%. Didn't give you the rocket ride, didn't give you the double, but it gave you the base hit. The number was right. Sono, this is one of those deals where they came too close, bounced away, they did the deal with the front runners instead of at the number. So the low here was $14.85, Then they ran all the way up to 15.30. That's doing the deal when you consider the price of the stock. Then it came back in. When it comes back in, you don't want it. You know that already. So this became a no trade. TWOU. This became a theme today. The first number works for a while. Then it fails. It gave the deal, but then it failed. It gave more than the deal. It gave more than 2%, but it still failed. Came down to the second number and bounced off the second number. Goes to show you the numbers were working. What wasn't working, the trades really weren't going in our favor. They were giving little gains. What I should really say is not sustainable gains. We have to take what Mrs. Market provides each and every day. We have no choice. We can only control what we can control. WDC ate my second shit burger of the day. First hour closed below the hourly closed number. Out. See you later. Wrong number. It stinks, it hurts, it's ugly, I get it, it's part of the business, forget it, and move on. Just to add insult to injury, this is Wix. This is the one I pulled off the board because it was down here near the opening bell. Too much risk, didn't want the trade. It opened, I believe it opened above the number that I had on the board. I don't remember the exact number, but it basically took a dip took off to the upside, and look what happened. Might as well add insult to injury, and just to put the cherry on top, I didn't need to tell you about that, but I did. It was a tough day for stocks on the move, specifically for me. When it goes bad, it goes bad. We all know how it works. This is a trader's life. This is my life. Kids don't eat tonight. Be lucky if they get a bologna sandwich. All right, back to the SPY. So here's a weekly chart, and the week closes tomorrow, closes Friday. We need to really see where the weekly close is. Are they going to close above that gap on the week or not? Are they going to make a new high on the week? Are they going to close the week at a new high? Are they going to fail at a new high? Anything is possible. We're on the lookout. We're on the lookout for a number of things. Not to forget, at some point, we will see a sign and signal of a trend change. And when we leave this chart, I'll leave you with this. 
may I remind you, and we can't pinpoint a day or time to this, but may I remind you, when it feels really, really wrong, it's generally going to be right. And when it feels really, really right, it's generally going to be wrong. So somewhere in here, we're getting pretty close to the sentiment just flipping all out, total uber bullish, and that'll be the end. It's interesting, the email indicator just isn't there yet. The IWM, flat day. So this is a puzzle piece and it's on the table. Little doji candle, do we make anything out of it? Not really. It's in an uptrend daily chart, just stalled out at a double top area. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. It was a quiet day for the IWM, pretty narrow ranging day. They still closed at a new, not a new all-time high, but a high compared to this high here. 153.39 is the high, and you're still closing above that high today, so there's really no problem in the IWM. Still a puzzle piece that it was flat, certainly not leading the market in the upward direction, so that's of note. And then on the other side, we have a divergence because we have the transports leading the market in the upward direction. Number two favorite indicator, leading indicator that is, not from Joe's indicator shop, just an indicator or indication of what the market is doing generally leads us to believe that another or other markets will follow suit. We use this as a canary in the coal mine. Are there any problems with the transports? And the answer is, no, there aren't. Weekly chart, look where they're headed. A, they're above these moving averages. That's important on the week, isn't it? B, the weekly breakdown candle high is all the way up at 10,698. Are they going to get there by the end of the week? I don't know. I don't know whether they can, they will, or they won't. But what I do know is that the highs of these breakdown candles, in many cases, most of the time, act magnetic. The closer price gets, the closer they climb to the top, the more magnetic they pull price in. That's the way it works. Silicon Valley people... Any problems? No. Anything changed? No. Is it still bullish? Of course it is. Is it extended? Doesn't matter. Uptrend, the trend is our friend. Until what? Until it's not. Until it's over. Until they pull the rug out. The XLF. Now, it's interesting also we don't get any participation today from the XLF on the upside. However, they're still riding the moving averages and they're still trying to formulate some kind of a bullish flaggish pattern for another ensuing or continuation move where would they be going well they could be going to this breakdown candle high it's an area where there's a gap window the spot between the gap that was left open one day and where the market opened the next and it looks like these are about the same but there's about a five cent spread in between the gap that creates the gap so can they shoot up to the upside here they can if they get below the moving averages, that's trouble. How about Smash Mouth? Now, here's a canary in the coal mine as it relates to the tech space. Now, it was flat, down 30 cents on a market that looks like this or a chart that looks like this. This is a daily chart. That's a rounding error. But understand, yesterday, they make a high. They put in a doji candle at new highs. Go back to the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. It's different than when there's just a doji candle. Can they go higher? Of course they can. If the market gets sucked up by the phony jobs number and everything's rising, everything's going to rise. But here, this has to be a puzzle piece today because it was not participating with the queues. It was not participating with the broader market. Any technical problem with the SMH right here? No. No technical problem yet. 
But everything starts somewhere, which is why we look at the charts every single day and we put the ones that deserve to have puzzle pieces on the table, we put them there for a reason. Because they're beginning to tell us something or they are telling us something. Maybe it hasn't materialized throughout the other markets yet. However, we need to know because when they do materialize, we'll generally have a jump on things. That's the concept. That's the way this works. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.